Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 49th episode of the Monologue Podcast, hosted by yours truly, John. And uh, this episode is a little late. Uh, I do have reasons for that. It's a long story. I don't want to get into it. Um, but this episode is on descending stories, or Showa Genroku, Rakuko Shinju. That's how the anime uh, was uh, brought to us. I think it was under that name. I don't think they did the whole descending stories thing. Um, but I guess when Kodansha licensed the manga in English, they thought it was easier to add that as the main title, Descending Stories, and then the Showa Genroku Rakuko Shinju as like the subtitle or like an extension of the title or whatever um so yeah descending stories that's a, a lot easier to say um but it is a um historical drama i guess um what is it like a like a time uh it's set in i think Moshoa era i believe it starts in the 1970s if i'm if i'm doing that correctly um but yes it's a historical drama it's written and illustrated by haruko uh Kumota, and uh, she she's done a few things. Um, she actually did character designs for this anime series that uh, it aired on the Noitamina block in Japan, um, but in America at least, when Amazon had the whole anime strike anime initiative. I, I'm sure you haven't uh, heard that name in a while, but anime strike, um, the Great Passage uh, was exclusive to that. And um, it was a anime about people. I think they were trying to create like a dictionary or something. It is the most boring sounding premise, but apparently it was actually really good. So she actually does the character designs for that series. Um, she also has done quite a bit of BL, lots of series that I don't even think are licensed in English. But that's like her main background is uh, BL. And for those of you that don't know, uh, BL boys love manga. Um, and uh, I guess or or yaoi i don't know if those are used interchangeably or if people just say bl now um but yeah she that's her background and you can actually kind of feel that a little bit in descending stories um there's a the two central characters that they kind of it's a brotherly relationship but you i don't know it's a you know like um brotherly relationship as in like <laughs> you know how the the guys in free are just kind of like it, it uh you know they're they're very close very very close <laughs> let's just put it that way um so you kind of feel that in in this story uh, in some ways um you can definitely tell that was that was her background for sure she likes to draw very um um you know handsome men that and in close proximity to each other um <laughs> but uh yeah i think um descending stories is the only series we have of hers that's actually um in english uh unfortunately i but it's also like her only like i guess i wouldn't not disparage and say I'll, I'll put it this way this is her only non-bl work in general i think even in japan um after finishing descending stories she actually went back to the to bl um drawing bl with it which is what her current serialization is but, but i mean you know she I, I guess she was very passionate about Rakugo and she wanted to make a story about it. And now that she's done that, you know, it was kind of like a passion project for her, I guess. And she's back to doing what she does best, I, I suppose. I don't know. I've never checked out any of her BL. Um, but I will say that Descending Stories is really good. I hope, you know, to see something of this nature again from her, that'd be awesome. But uh, yeah, uh, it it was originally serialized in uh, Kodansha's Itan magazine from 2010 to 2016. And this actually, the manga in Japan actually finished right around the time the anime started airing. That was sometime in 2016. Um, but yeah, Itan is a Jose magazine, uh, so demographic targeted towards older women. And um, I'm not sure of its frequency, if it's like monthly, weekly. Um, but uh, I'm also not quite sure if there are any other popular Jose that have published out of that magazine because... At least by the my anime list numbers, uh, Shogun Roku uh, is definitely the most popular. Or descending stories. Um, sorry, I'm so used to the other name because of the anime. But um, speaking of which, uh, the, in terms of adaptations, the series has definitely had um, a couple OVAs, which we don't have. I don't think you know, in English or at least legally in English, the OVAs. But most people that come to this manga probably do know it from the studio dean 
anime, which had two seasons. The first season was 13 episodes, second season was 12. And this is how I was introduced. Um, this was, again, back in 2016. It was definitely the dark horse of that season. Um, okay, I have it right here. Winter 2016. So for context, um, other anime that aired during that season, and this is going to take you back if you followed the anime seasonally like I did at the time, which I don't anymore because it's just too much. But um, the other anime that aired during that season were Erased, Konosuba, which is also by Dean, uh, Grimgar, Fantasy, and Ash, Assassination Classroom, I don't know if it was the first season or second, Aji and Demi-Human, Gate second season, um, a whole bunch of just really heavy-hitting anime air during that season. So it's it's easy to see how, how uh, Showa Gendo Kuraku Shinju was, um, you know, left in the dust a little bit, you know, overshadowed. Uh, but um, yeah, it's uh, that's how I was introduced. Um, the other adaptations... Um, it has a live action series. I don't know much about it, to be honest. Uh, apparently, the um, I think the first episode of the Studio Dean anime was actually like a re-adaptation of what was covered in the, you know, one or two OVAs. Um, I don't know who well who animated those first OVAs, but um, I think I read somewhere that 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 first episode was a re-adaptation of that of those OVAs, um, which I think. Well, I'll get into this later, but I'm pretty sure the anime starts different from the manga. At least, there it, it deviates a little bit. But um, in terms of like the overall reception of this manga, despite being, you know, a dark horse, the anime anyway, um, the anime actually, um, and you know, some people don't take too much stock in like, you know, ratings and stuff like that. But I think it's kind of interesting that uh, the anime has the first season sitting at an eight point sixty out of ten on Mal. Um, which is really, really good. Um, and this is, you know, this is out of all the anime that's listed on that database, which is a lot. And the second season is sitting at 8.78. Um, it's definitely in the, both seasons are definitely in the top 100 anime of all time. Second season is actually in the top 30. Um, so pretty cool. But as for the manga, because of course this is the manga podcast, um, this series was nominated for the fifth Manga Taisho Award. And, um, I think it placed fourth among 15 nominees. So despite being, um, you know, kind of also, I think it was also kind of a dark horse in Japan, to be honest. It uh, definitely was, um, uh, received a lot of, like, uh, critical praise, but um, in terms of sales and stuff, like, as a Joe say, I don't think it, like, you know, sold bonkers compared to, obviously, your heavy-hitting shonen and stuff like that. Um, but as for a Joe say series, I think it, um, it uh, at least based on the context of like these awards and i think it did get into sales numbers um oh, okay so like volume three for instance sold twenty four thousand five hundred forty one copies by october 7th 2012 um and i actually checked out the list that that uh, those numbers came from that, that they were sourced from and you actually um get some interesting perspective from those sales numbers so um for a niche you know very niche uh, this is a story about rakugo um which is already niche and then you have a manga about a niche so <laughs> and then you have in a demographic that's kind of you know a niche jose um so it's just a combination of all these niches of it's just destined to not sell to a large market you know so um but yeah you look at um it's still twenty four thousand copies that third volume and then you of course you look at naruto on that list I mean, um, there's Shonen on this list. So Naruto Volume 62 at the time sold 660,000 copies. Gintama is the second best selling on the list. Uh, volume 46 uh, sold 229,000. Pretty steep decline from Naruto. But on that list of the 50 best selling volumes for that month, Descending Stories Volume 3 was number 35. So, I mean, that's that's pretty good. And I wish I had more context for how the rest of the series sold. But um you know that's that's pretty good for i think a, a very niche jose manga um but i didn't want to harp too much on that i just thought that was a like kind of a cool you know I, observation i guess <laughs> but anyways um i don't usually dip into sales numbers and and stuff like that when i'm talking about like the you know the reception of the manga but i thought it was cool i think i think that's an accomplishment worth you know sharing and of course, I said it was published in English by Kodansha. Uh, the series is 10 volumes long, and um, it's available digitally and physically. You could actually read the entirety of the series um, as part of a Kindle Unlimited subscription if you have that. Um, you can read the entire thing for free, basically. Um, 
And uh, I, I got this series through, I think it was, it was definitely a humble bundle. I say that a lot, but I promise I, I buy every single one um, since Kodansha started doing those because it's such a good deal. But uh, yeah, it was like a critically acclaimed humble bundle. And uh, I think other manga on that list were like Space Brothers and stuff. But like Descending Stories was one of the series. Um, so I definitely, definitely dropped the money on that. And I'm glad I did because I really enjoyed the manga as well as the anime. But uh, okay, so now we're dipping into the meat of this episode. Um, just like uh, before, I'm, I'm going to try to include a synopsis, uh, not one that really uh, that I wrote out myself, but um, just something to kind of help introduce, because sometimes I get straight to talking about a series, and I'm like, well, I want to make sure I actually made sure I told him what it was about first. <laughs> um, so uh, Descending Stories, we have a man named Yotaro, and he has just left prison after serving a short time for a crime that he says he doesn't know anything about. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it ever dives back into that. I can't remember from the anime. But um, he says he doesn't know anything about it. And, um, you know, he doesn't have a family. Um, we don't get much of his background other than he might have, I think, been involved with the Yakuza. Um, but yeah, he has nowhere to go. And uh, uh, he ends up going straight to this this unrivaled master of rakugo and his name is yakumo uh yura yura kute uh yakumo yura kute i'm just gonna call him yakumo uh names uh get really complicated in this manga because they hold like this very significant um they hold the significance to them uh names in the rakugo sphere um when you uh, i think when you achieve certain ranks your name changes um or like if you become a master you receive you get a name passed down to you from a previous master, so that kind of thing. It, it gets a little complicated, but Yotaro, he goes looking for this Yakumo guy because this Yakumo guy had performed um, a, a Rakugo performance at his prison at one point, and he was just so moved by it. So um, he, he just became just enamored with, with Yakumo. He became enamored with Rakugo as an art. And he is bent on becoming a Shunichi or a Rakugo master. Um, and, and Yakumo, um, who never really takes apprentices, um, almost immediately takes on Yotaro, um, which is very, you know, it, it kind of sets a lot of people, it kind of throws them for a loop because he never does this. I'm sorry. Sniffles again. Allergies. Um he it kind of throws people for a loop so there's like this mystery like why did he decide to take Yotoran as a as a as a an apprentice he never does this um and then there is a, a woman that lives there named Konatsu a young lady um and together with her they kind of start struggling towards becoming i guess a quote-unquote new hope for Rakugo um which seems to be you know this is a Showa era series Rakugo is kind of an old art and in this manga, anyways, um, it seems that Rakugo is kind of withering away as times are changing. People are finding new ways to be entertained. And um, they're trying to kind of reinvigor reinvigorate interest in the, the art. Um, but as, Yot as Yotaro gets to know his new mentor, Yakumo, and uh, his big sis, which he calls Konatsu, um, he notices that there are hints of a dark past between them. And the environment of the household becomes strained and at times scary. Uh, naturally, no hardships really matter to young Yotaro because he is dead set on his future where he becomes a Rakugo master. So yes, as the, as the synopsis that I uh, read off here, I try not to read it for verbatim, but um, as it uh, drops multiple times, this story revolves around the art of Rakugo, if you didn't catch that by the title of the series. Um, and, and of course, this ex-con named Yotaro, he's dead set on mastering it, just completely, just, that's, that's his goal, because he has no purpose. He's, he's left prison, and, you know, he's just trying to find something to do for, you know, um, it's something to really, um, focus his attention on, which, you know, kudos to him. Um, he's dead set on turning his life around and doing something that he, has just grown to love. Um, so for those of you that don't have familiarity with Rokugo, because I know I definitely didn't until I watched the anime, I'm just like, what is this? This is so strange. So Rokugo is basically a one-man play. And the performer, he gets on stage 
kneels down on this elevated platform. It's slightly elevated. He's on, um, he's, I, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I, the best way to describe it is an elevated platform and, you know, kind of draped over that platform is like this mat. And then over that mat is like a small cushion or pillow. And he kneels onto that pillow and he, you know, he, he's just kneeling the entire time um, in front of this crowd. And basically he begins to act out this story or he or she, I've seen, I've seen on YouTube, there's like female performers as well. But in this, the time period of this series, uh, I guess female Rakugo masters aren't allowed. But, um, so I, I say he, but really it could be, um, man or woman, but yeah, they perform this story in front of this crowd and it's around 30 minutes in length. Uh, I've seen the, some websites on the internet describe it as sit down comedy, um, instead of stand up comedy. Um, but the story is supposed to be comedic in nature, though it really depends on the performer and just like their their style, really. Um, you know, there's their or, or the, even the type of story that they're trying to tell. So some stories are sensual, some are funny, but like like in a like a dark, darkly ironic kind of way. Um, and some are just like straight up goofy, just made for for laughs. Um, and what I th really think is impressive about this form of storytelling which is essentially what it is it's just like this person just sitting there telling a story but it's more complicated than that it's like th this rakugo performer has to play every single character and change their voice and mannerisms to reflect that change in character so not only are they not allowed to get up and move around the stage their only props are a paper fan and a hand towel so they're playing all these characters they're voicing all these characters, they're acting out these events, but they're doing it while kneeling down and having very limited props. So it's like this very, it's just, it's a super specific, like, way to tell a story, like way to perform something. Like, I've never seen anything like this. Um, and it's just, uh, it's just interesting to me that, that this is a thing. <laughs> but it, it, it was just, a, it says, I guess, a niche, just cultural thing and uh it's really captivating like <laughs> that's the best way to describe it. like when I, I remember watching the first episode of the anime i'm just like wow um i you know some people will just find it boring okay it's like okay this is just you know but i i was immediately drawn in and you can kind of see how yotaro was drawn in when he first discovered rakugo in his prison you know and why he decides you know what? this seems cool i want to do this i'm gonna when i get out of here i'm gonna find someone to teach me this stuff um but yeah um, I'm not sure what like the modern real life perception of Rakugo is in Japan, but like in this story, it's super highly respected. Um, masters of it, like Yakumo, are just really highly regarded, um, and Yakumo especially, especially so because in his old age, he's still performing to the level that he was when he was you know in his prime, really. Um, and uh, Yotaro, you know this this ex convict that we're following in these early chapters, you know he's he's definitely been influenced. Um, so what you get, at least in like this first, I want to say volume and a half, um, is this, you know, happy-go-lucky Yotaro. He's learning more about this world of Rakugo and he's just meeting and making connections with all these important people in the Rakugo sphere, I guess. And um, again, a lot of them comment that, that on the fact that Yakumo um, has never taken an apprentice. And then there's like, of course, this mystery on why he's deciding to take Yotaro under his wing. And um, while staying at Yakumo's place, Yotaro learns that there's some household drama, as I mentioned in the synopsis. Um, uh, Konatsu, uh, the young woman that the young woman that lives with Yakumo, um, we learn is the daughter of one of Yakumo's close friends, um, Suke uh, Suke Roku. And Suke Roku was a very talented rakugo performer, but his career was cut short by his untimely death. So um, it's a you know it's a, it's a very tragic story that actually it gets this manga gets into later but i'll get to that later um but yeah he was he was very young when he died and his daughter who you know the one living with uh, yakumo uh, konatsu uh, she was also very young when her father died um so now she's like you know she's a young woman probably around the same age as uh, yotaro who you know they, they look like adults i think um, they're not teenagers um 
which is another thing that's really refreshing about this series. Again, I always say that when I read series with adult characters, it, it always feels refreshing, uh, especially after spending so much time just watching seasonal anime that take place in high school. Um, yeah, I just, you know, nothing wrong with those types of series, but I just, you know, I'm, as I'm, I'm 26, and the older I get, the more I want to see characters my age kind of do things, you know? <laughs> so, um, and I say, like, I say that like I'm old, but I'm not, I guess I'm not old, but <laughs> at least I, I'm going to keep telling myself that, um, <laughs> some listeners i know because i've seen my dem- i see my statistics i know i have um listeners that are older than me um i'm not gonna name any names um <laughs> so they're probably just like come on john you're not old but anyways um <laughs> um so yeah so we have konatsu um she's uh her father died she lives with this man don't know what their relationship's like it's very weird very weird um there's definitely some mystery between her and yakumo and yotaro is just kind of in the mix of it um but yeah, she's, you know, she has, she's very bitter. She has like this resting mean face and she just blames Yakumo. She just, just very bitter towards him. She blames him for his, for her father's death. And she's just been holding on to this grudge for a very long time. And uh, yeah, you just don't know what's going on. What What's their history? What's their relationship? What really happened surrounding her father's death? Why is she so bent on blaming Yakumo? And then you have Matsuda. And um, I'm not sure if he actually lives with Yakumo. But he's this older man, older than Yakumo, um, and uh, he lives with—he's—he's uh, he's there all the time with uh, Yakumo and Konatsu, and um, he essentially is like I guess like the chauffeur, like Yakumo's chauffeur. He drives him everywhere, uh, but also he's like his house servant. He does a lot of chores for him, and it's just like I guess like, that's a caretaker, which is interesting because like if anything, somebody needs to take care of poor Matsuda. He's a—he's old. He's older. He's the oldest one in the house, but um, yeah, he's kind of—he's the one. Um, just been watching over this family and the generation, you know, the generation before him, the master that, or I should say, yeah, yeah, the master that was before Yakumo, um, he he actually watched over him. Um, so, you know, he's I, I guess assuming he sticks around with Yakumo out of a sense of like duty, um, but yeah, he he's a very sweet old man and I really like him. Um, and he kind of gives Yotaro the lowdown on what's going on, like, you know, this is this is just how it is between them. You know, Konatsu and Yakumo, uh, I would not get involved. <laughs> Basically, he doesn't really provide specific details, but he's just like, Yotaro, it's just best. You don't really try to change them. Um, things are just way more complicated between them than it, than it seems. Um, and Yotaro's like, nah. <laughs> he's like, you know, not only is he going to bug Yakumo until he actually starts training him, which is another thing. Yakumo took him on as a apprentice but he just it seemed like he has no intention of actually teaching him anything um and uh so not only is yakumo or yotaro gonna bug yakumo about training him but he's also gonna try to figure out what the heck is going on between him and this girl and why are they live together why is their relationship so like antagonistic like what's going on here and um having seen the anime uh, you know i went into this feeling like oh you know this is this is gonna be redundant um um but you know, because I already know what's going to happen. That's just like the dilemma you run into when you read, you know, whether you read the manga first, watch the anime, at least like when you read a manga first, you kind of get the gratification of like seeing it come to life. Um, but if you read the anime and step backwards, I guess the most you could look forward to is like, okay, well, what what's the initial art look like? Um, how have things changed? You know, how are things different? Um, also, what what's some, some stuff that the anime left out? You know, that kind of thing. Um, but I was actually really impressed by Kumoto's art, um, and I just loved revisiting these characters. I, I don't remember um, loving this initial cast as much, but like it felt, it felt very comforting to revisit these familiar faces. It was really weird after not seeing the anime since it finished airing in what, 2017. Um, yeah, it was just a very, uh, it was a very like nostalgic experience, but. Um, just a really if you think about it, it's a really odd mashup of of characters belonging to this household right and a really weird cast of characters you've got like this ex-convict who's an adult man and then this you know elderly man um living with this young woman and an older house servant it's just like very strange you know dynamic going on here um but um yeah i just knowing the context behind some of the drama ahead of the time kind of lets me see some of the you know earlier foreshadowing um and it just provides a much different reading experience but i still enjoyed earlier parts of the story just as much as i did when i was first exposed to it um and i was also worried and i feel like some people you know got kind of turned off by the anime because of this but like i was worried i would get bored with the rock ghost stories because i'm like okay i've heard these in the anime they were done 
fantastic um but like i do do i have to really read through all them again and you know um you know sometimes in the anime they take up a chunk of an episode but um actually as a matter of fact i think the first episode oh yeah i'm yeah i'm just remembering this but the first episode of the anime was actually a double length episode and i believe a significant portion of that was a rakugo performance so not the best first like impression for those people that are like trying out uh each series like the first episode or first three they got to get through that 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 monster of an episode you know um first and and if they're not really feeling the whole rakugo thing i I can see why it ended up becoming a dark horse of the season they probably never went back to it it's not the most exciting way to draw somebody in i guess but um in this first three volumes at least you really only hear snippets of the performances it's not so much about giving you the full um like full story acted out it's more about the characters who are kind of spectating and reacting and commenting on these performances that you see in the manga. Um, but, but Kumoto does it in a way where like you get the full context of the story. Um, and, uh, you know, it, you really just get to see how the performers, the performer's delivery is and just like how it differs from maybe the way it's traditionally performed or how like other masters perform it or whatever. Um, and Kumoto says she actually did this on purpose because she was trying. I've I read some of the interviews online with her. We actually there are actually a couple that are published in English. Um, and uh, she said she did this on purpose. She was trying all sorts of things to make sure the reader didn't get bored. And uh, I think she was successful. Um, again, pr- compared to the anime, the pacing is just actually sped up a little bit in the manga. Um, you again, you still get the context of the you know each character's talents. Um, and whatnot, and I honestly don't think it's really necessary to read a full monologue about, you know, these stories, otherwise you just get pages and pages and pages of text, um, so thankfully that's not the case, so if, if you might have been turned off by the Rakugo performances in the anime, I think, honestly, I would start with, I would go to the manga, because, like, again, it's like these abbreviated versions of the, of, or the, Rakugo stories, which were already kind of truncated in the anime, because remember, Rakugo stories are typically 30 minutes, so the anime was already condensing those stories which you wouldn't be able to tell because they were done so well and the manga does the same thing to an even you know to an even uh higher degree so um yeah uh i will say um again the anime studio dean did a fantastic job just setting the tone for the performances doing some really cool like metaphoric stuff with the visuals and i think stuff does tie in thematically with the manga's original story um which the manga does as well at times um but uh, yeah, definitely give the manga a shot if that was something that turned you off from the anime. I know Kumoto said that she explicitly couldn't um, do full stories anyways because there was just a page limit on the chapters. So like, I remember the interview was saying like she eventually had to, um, eventually the limit the 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 page limit for chapters got increased. So later on, you do get some longer um, scenes of Rakugo, but not to the point that it took up a whole chapter. And honestly, like, like for instance, towards the end of volume two, you actually get to see a sequence that took place in the past. Um, and it was Sukeroku uh, doing um, a full performance. And um, you get, you basically get the full story, but it is condensed. and But it's actually very well done. And that story was actually really entertaining to read. And you really get to see Sukeroku shine as a, as a performer. Um, and it's just, again, it's just so unique. Um, Rakugo as a just a as as an art form as a performance or a performance art you know it's just uh it's so strange um but it's it's really it's really cool to to watch or, or to read um at least in my you know in my opinion again some people just find it boring again it's not long enough here where it, it kind of feels like it almost feels like poetry in a way like spoken poetry but I guess some people are also bored by that um but um yeah, just to kind of like recap, since I, t- I did talk about just how the series handles Rakugo. Um, <laughs> I, well, I, would, I don't even know what the timestamp is. But um, but yeah, you're following Yotaro, Yotaro and his struggle to become a master of Rakugo. But at some point, uh, I think sometime in volume two, I read the first three volumes. Um, again, I have the full context of the entire series, but I read the first three volumes as a refresher. And that's typically what I do for this um for this podcast anyways but um, at some point yakumo the old man um he sits him down um and begins telling uh yotaro about his past and then it then the series kind of like i guess completely shifts actually um it dips into what is basically a flashback arc and if i'm remembering correctly the flashback arc 
took up pretty much like the entire first season of the anime almost the entire first season which again as a reminder was 13 episodes so and i think that was up until that adapted to like volume five or six um but yeah throughout the first volume and then part of the second you get all these references to sukeroku sukeroku and um you're mainly able to gather that you know he's this really well-known respected master of rakugo that unfortunately died in this tragic accident and we don't have the full details of it yet but this flashback arc you really get to discover who sukeroku was and how he became this master and um you know his his very close relationship that i established you know that uh you know some maybe some homoeroticism you know um between between him and yakumo i I don't want to i don't want to say that if it wasn't actually there i kind of feel like it was but you know they're brothers i mean they're not brothers but they basically are brothers um um but uh yeah he he has this very close relationship with yakumo and you actually get to see that play out and um you know again yakumo it was like like his brother um or and they, they were definitely rivals um and it was a really it's a really cool rivalry um and you, you could see like just the level of influence Sukeroku had on y- Yakumo's career and just like Yakumo's relationship with Rakugo as an art. And uh, just so much stuff is explored and there's just some really solid just relationship building and just drama. I mean, melodrama, but it's like good melodrama, you know, it's like good stuff. You know, sometimes you need a little bit of melodrama. It's not like high school melodrama. It's like, you know, period piece, just like, you know, <laughs> effeminate men you know you know struggling with their relationships um uh with women and also the art that they love so much um uh it's it's good stuff man um and this is actually the point of the story that really picked up for me because i remember in the anime aside from absolutely just adoring konatsu's character in the beginning i i wasn't actually feeling the rest of the cast so i kind of lied earlier um but i wasn't feeling them as much you know um, and that really turned around by season two, which dips back into the present day or whatever, um, where you get to return to Yotaro and old man Yakumo and Konatsu and Matsuda. Um, but, uh, you know, I definitely fell in love with them even, you know, I've definitely fell in love with them when I revisited them, but I, I actually love the shift. I love the shift to the flashback arc because I think Sukeroku is just, he's just so charming, like, um of a character and he really really steals the show but yakumo this really this story really is about yakumo um and and seeing him grow up and, and that i was invested in his arc as well but uh i would say like if you if you do start this series definitely give it those first like two three volumes because you gotta you definitely gotta see the, the start of the flashback arc uh, and 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 see how you feel about sukeroku and miyokichi which i didn't even um get to her yet i don't even know if i'll have time but miyokichi is another great character that's very um has a very significant impact on on you know yakumo and um sukeroku um and also uh kiku 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 hiko is um yakumo's old name so if you remember him by kiku kiku hiko and you wonder why i'm not using that name it's just because they introduced him at the start as yakumo so i just been using yakumo but during the flashback arc you're going to hear him referred to as kiku hiko hiko hiku i don't even know how it's spelled but kiku kiku-san <laughs> um that you're going to hear him referred to as that um more often um in the flashback arc but anyways yeah definitely give like the first two or three volumes a try and see if you really become enamored with sukeroku as a character because that really is going to drive the rest of you know the next few volumes um and uh yeah, he just, um, Sukeroku and Yakumo, um, they, uh, I think, um, Kumota is really good at writing really flawed characters. So Sukeroku, despite being just, um, one of those characters that you can become easily endeared to, he, he does have his own, he has flaws. Like, um, you know, he's kind of like, you know, he's kind of a bum, kind of leeches off Yakumo. Um, you know, he kind of just like sleeps around with women and stuff like that. He eats not, um, he doesn't, he loves Rakugo, Rakugo, but he doesn't really take, um, uh, you know, correction or it, um, from, from like the elders that kind of made him who he is, like, you know, uh, or at least, you know, brought him, to, you know, facilitated his growth in the art. Um, he doesn't really, he's not super respectful towards them and stuff like that. So like he's, he's got his own issues. Um, and he, maybe he's not very good at pr- prioritizing his, his, his spending and stuff like that as well. Um, so, but he's just, just kind of like, I don't know. Th- then there's this other side to him that's really kind and really just empathetic and, 
uh, just charming. And, you know, he's skilled at Rakugo, which already makes you like him because he's like, wow, he's so cool, you know. And he's skilled at Rakugo in ways that are unconventional. Um, and then you have Yakumo, who's just like, he's almost the complete opposite of Sukeroku. Um, he, he's very cold. He's very distant. Um, he's not very good with people. Um, he's also really sensitive. Um, his mood just kind of sways depending on what's going on. And he's also kind of jealous of Sukeroku um, because Sukeroku, he, you know, he just seems like a natural at this, at this whole Rakugo thing. And, um, you know, he, Sukeroku, during his performances, I mean, the audience, he's just, they're just eating him up. Like, they, he really resonates with the audiences and he's really able to just grasp their attention and make them laugh. And, um, you know, even though he has like this reputation for being a, a goof, and, you know, and like his overall etiquette is not great. <laughs> um, he's just, he's, you can, he's just a master at his craft. Um, and Yakumo, you know, Yakumo's trying his best seeing Sukeroku, you know, just kind of, you know, finding his stride in, in Rakugo. Um, Yakumo, he's like, well, I just got to play things by the books. So I just got to do everything to a T. But like his style is just, is rigid and his masters tell him this and, um, you know, even though he's going by the books and, and his Rakugo is essentially flawless. It's it's flawless. He, he but he because it's flawless, it's it feels very, I guess, like sterile, like he, he lacks an identity, you know. And that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to find his identity in Rakugo. He's trying to find his own style. Um so that's what this flashback arc really um uh, really kind of pushes. That's that's this arc that you're following uh, with Yakumo. Um and honestly, to like anybody who's trying to create anything I feel like this struggle, the struggle. <laughs> I feel like the struggle is um, completely relatable. Um, you know, whether you're a podcaster, a, a streamer, a writer, an artist, um, just trying to find your unique style in anything to kind of make you stand out from the crowd. That's something that is really hard, and it, I don't think it can be forced. So there's, there's, you know, this is definitely like a relatable thing. Again, these these characters just feel real with flaws and and goals uh, that are daunting just like they are they would be in real life you know they don't things aren't just handed to them easily um and in real life you know there's there's no book there's no guy that's really going to spell things out for you you know it can all be very daunting and um when things don't happen in the time frame that you want them to it could be really discouraging and um <laughs> and i'm saying this because i'm kind of like talking to myself right now because you know you it sometimes it gets to the point where you question whether you should have even started in the first place or maybe i should just go ahead and quit now because like look at these people they're already way better at this thing than i am and i you know what's you know what's the sense of even trying if i'm never gonna feel if i don't feel like i'm gonna reach that level then what's the sense of even trying and that's kind of what yakumo is dealing with um that's almost exactly what he's dealing with he's just like going through all these emotions but you know at at some you know at certain points he's just like no this is i'm doing rakugo this is what i love um it's just mixed emotions about like why he's doing it and, um, you know, he's just kind of going through all these things. Um, and, um, you know, there's, um, I'm, go I'm going all over the place, but I hope I'm making a lot of, uh, you know, I hope you guys are at least interested by this. I feel like I'm going everywhere, but there, you know, there's a lot of stories about people, a lot of manga, right. Or, you know, there's movies, whatever, uh, live action stuff, but there's a lot of stories about people kind of enjoying one particular thing. And, um, you know, everybody has their hobbies and stuff, things that they kind of latch onto and it, sometimes that that hobby or whatever kind of dominates your world so you know in, in manga you know um there are series like that mainly like sports manga right where like you know these characters their life revolves around this sport and they don't want to pursue that the author is interested in that sport so that's what they want to write about um and you know drops of god wine you know uh there's music beck um starting a band stuff like that um um, you know all those there's there's something that all these characters are passionate about kind of dominates the world that they live in you know in this fictional universe um uh, at least in their in their bubble um and what i like about rakugo is it it's about these people pursuing this thing but you know in say yakumo and sukeroku's cases it's not necessarily the most like enthusiastic positive experience like that that some other manga might you know, might, I, I guess, display it in a more positive light, you know, especially in sports manga, like becoming the very best and just like, you know, like, okay, so the better way to put this is like, okay, so Sukeroku, uh, Yakumo, Yotaro, they all aim to be masters of this craft. And that's the goal. But what this story is also exploring is kind of like, well, 
you really want to get good at this, you're going to have to devote time. But, you know, what what are you going to sacrifice to, to make that time? Like, it, it, the story is also exploring the sacrifices that these characters are making along the way. And it's not sacrifices like, well, you know, I need to... I need to train. I need to get stronger. You know, I, it's, 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 I think, I feel like it's deeper than that. Like in Yakumo's case, who's the lead that we really follow the most, it's about, really, it's about his obsession of this thing and, and how it can negatively impact his life and, you know, like his relationships. Um, and it definitely, this manga definitely explores that. Like he loves Rako. He wants, he's dead set on it. But what does that mean for his relationship with Sukaroku? What does that mean for his relationship with uh, another character, Miyokichi? Like, um, it, it, it's uh it can be kind of destructive in a way like if you're going to pursue this sometimes you gotta shut out shut out all the other distractions you know now you know the better scenario would be like well you know you could you could have a balance but when you become addicted to something to an obsessive degree um of just like you know like really beating yourself over the head trying to trying to master this thing um you know sometimes it could uh you know sometimes that was like what point you know if you're gonna live and die for something at one point do other things other people other pleasures become obstacles um and i've <laughs> i've definitely run into that scenario um in fact it happens whenever i try to be good at something <laughs> you know so like i'm like dang i only have so much time i gotta i gotta get rid of something um i i, I can't i love to dip my hands in so many pots but it's just like at some point i gotta like something's gotta give you know um so yeah, the series, you know, it explores people trying to become masters of their craft, but it also explores those same characters trying to occasionally trying to reckon with, you know, why they're doing this. Are are they even good enough? Like, is it worth the struggle? Is it worth the sacrifice? You know, and, and this is a, a lot, a lot of this is coming from Yakumo's arc, but like Sukaroku, he has an equally interesting arc. Like he, he feels so passionately about Rakugo, but he also sees how times are changing and he thinks Rakugo needs to change with it. But because, you know, he and Yakumo are like, you know, they're they're young. They're like some of the youngest additions to this association of Rakugo masters, right? And, and you know, Sukeroku clashes with all these established rules and principles from the people that came before him. So, you know, Yakumo is chasing after what Sukeroku has and Sukeroku wants to evolve even past that. Um, and it's, it's actually another thing that in turn just makes what Yakumo's goal, uh, it, it in turn makes Yakumo's goal seem even further away, you know? So it's like this never ending thing. Um, but yeah, I, I talked quite a bit about Rakugo, um, you know, the two, really the two stars of this, this earlier arc, I guess, Yakumo and Sukeroku, you know, but I feel like there's just like so much more to talk about with this series. And I haven't even really talked about Miyokichi, um, who's another character that you see a lot of in this, uh, the flashback arc that, um, yeah, she plays a really strong role, but, um, I think, you know, one of those, she's one of those characters you just got to experience, you know, that's, that's a little teaser, I guess, you know, I think you'll fall in love with Miyokichi. I, I love her as a character, um, as, as much as I love Konatsu and, um, uh, yeah, and you can see how they're related. That's not a spoiler, by the way. Um, it's it's kind of, it's already established. Uh, at least I believe it is. Uh, okay, <laughs> maybe I should have uh, not said that. But anyways, I think it is. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, I think um, yeah, I think Komoda. Um, I think her her character writing is so strong, and um, man, to think, you know, she came and and this is her description. She describes BL stories as like kind of like this just fluff, like this these comforting stories that you want to read after like a long day's work. Um, so they're not necessarily like really deep or, or complicated and you know it's not disparaging bl manga it's just like it is what it is right so um you know i i, I really hope to see more of this style of manga from her after you know she's done with her current serialization i hope to see something um like Oraku, or like descending stories um it's honestly a miracle that this series even got license licensed for an english release um let alone a you know it getting an, an anime adaption in the first place um which uh that that studio dean anime was definitely a uh, a passion project because it's so it's so niche um and, and it, it was a full adaptation which is also rare um it's honestly a miracle um, um but yeah this this series is really really good guys <laughs> um i talked a lot my mouth is dry i'm tired i recorded this really late because it's already been delayed uh like a week um but I appreciate you guys. Um, I hope you got something out of this. I hope you didn't get too bored. I, you know, this only the sucky part about 
hosting this by myself is that you know i'm monologuing and if you're listening to me uh you know through your earbuds or whatever and multitasking and stuff like that you know it's easy to tune out a single voice that doesn't stop talking right um because I've, I've tried listening to uh podcasts with like one host and i'm just like uh, unless you really are interested in the subject they're talking about um sometimes you just kind of tune out <laughs> so i hope i hope i'm able to like kind of keep your guys' attention um um but yeah that's uh that's uh sh- uh Sending stories showa genroku rakugo shinju hope i did it justice um i i doubt just like how the anime uh was a bit of a dark horse and the manga you know i don't know how it's selling in english anyways but um i feel like this is probably gonna be one of the lower uh listened to episodes but i i, I i'm glad i was able to do an episode on it so for those of you that actually tuned in listened all the way to this point thank you so much you guys are the real mvps um next time uh so i've been on this uh the last two episodes were uh jose manga um nodame cantabile was the last one um which actually um in terms of like statistics it did just as well as um my sure zure children or sure dure children episode which was really popular so i didn't realize how much uh people liked nodame um but uh uh so i'm done with kind of the jose um you know, I've been kind of breaking it up by demographic uh, every couple episodes. Um, so I'm actually supposed to roll back around to some seinen manga. Um, and uh, I do have some series in mind. But uh, before moving on to that, I, you know, I've been thinking about it. And I just hate leaving things incomplete. So <laughs> I, and I've, I've honestly teetered back and forth on this, but I'm, I think I'm going to do it as i'm saying it now so i have to do it <laughs> but the next episode i'm i'm gonna finally just put a cap just cap off my um promise neverland coverage and 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 just do a final part three episode just put the nail in the coffin <laughs> and i could just close the book on that series just totally forget it ever happened no i'm just kidding but uh, but you know i i did like the series i just think it fell apart towards the end um and, uh, you know, I have an interesting relationship with that series because I absolutely loved it. It was one of the first series I did on this show, episode four. Uh, you know, and then it took me a, two years to follow up on it with episode, I think, 30-something, 30-whatever. Uh, it took me quite a few <laughs> to follow up on it. And so um, I'm just going to go ahead and finish it because also those two episodes were really popular. So I'm like, man, people are probably waiting for that final episode, even if they're not asking me for it because the statistics show otherwise you know so uh this i mean the statistics speak <laughs> um toward that so i'm just like okay maybe i should maybe i should finish it um i've already finished the series i just have to probably reread some material so i can actually record that episodes and you know take notes and all that jazz so yeah give me uh, give me about two weeks uh and uh i'm hoping to have that episode out on time <laughs> um i'm probably gonna have to read i think the last uh, in my part two episode i covered up to like volume 12 and i think i don't know how many volumes are out of this series like 20 or something it's gonna be a pretty big episode i might breeze through it uh it, um i might kind of breeze through the volumes not like i did with yona the dawn which um you know it's a shorter it's a smaller pool of volumes to draw from so which was still a lot of work i think it was six volumes i recapped and and did you know did i guess quote unquote analysis on or i should i, I say analysis but it wasn't really that deep <laughs> um, but it was just like me just giving more detailed um, thoughts about what was going on so i don't know if i'll be able to do that for all of the rest of the manga because i think that's like eight volumes maybe more um but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try my best. There's a lot of things I want to talk about, actually, because um, I actually was re-listening to the older episodes, and I'm like, huh, you know, it's funny. I, some of the complaints I had uh, during that part two episode I did, um, you know, the 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 material after what I covered in that episode um, actually kind of resolved some things that I um, had issues with, and then of course it introduced even more issues, which I'll get into with the episode. So yeah. I say all that to say next time is The Promised Neverland Part 3, final. Um, <laughs> and uh, look forward to that. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to talk too much about the anime second season. We already know how that went. Uh, I think it's, it's just beating a dead horse at this point. I'm, I'm going to focus on the manga. I promise I'm going to be super negative. I am going to talk about things I did like. Um, but yeah, look forward to that. Um, 
yeah and then uh after that i'll be back on the sanin train um let me see in my notes here if you guys are actually curious um i think i did plan out a little bit of a schedule okay so i did right here um so after the promised neverland part three episode uh the next satan series i'm covering is called imperfect girl and it's by nisio eason um i have a um complicated relationship with <laughs> that author i've tried and failed to get into the wake monogatari anime several times i think i've that's the anime i've started and dropped the most because i just i want to get it i want to like it and i just couldn't uh, and then i bought the light novel humble bundle for that and uh i read the first i think two volumes and i still i just, i'm having trouble i i i it's weird my my opinions usually are in line with like the, the public perception of a series usually um it's very rare that it deviates from that um because if a lot of people are liking something it's usually for a reason um but for some reason with the monogatari series i just have i've been having trouble but anyways i'm gonna try this imperfect girl <laughs> series because it's three volumes it's complete um and uh yeah it's by nisio eason it's actually adapted from a light you know his light novel it's a manga adaptation of his light novel so um that's written by nisio eason um illustrated by hattori mitsuru and um yep that's imperfect girl so after promised neverland part three it's gonna be imperfect girl and uh yeah and then another seinen series after that and then um back onto shonen which i had mentioned to uh dakazu from the how did i say his name where dakazu from the manga mechanicians podcast that i would actually probably do chainsaw man i think chainsaw man is gonna be the next shonen i cover so there you go i planned out the next two ep- or next three episodes or no just kidding next four but there's a mystery seinen <laughs> block there guys i'm tired it's it's 1 30 in the morning um you guys have a wonderful two weeks and um i will uh yeah talk to you soon <laughs> bye <laughs>